It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop, And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Al and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Al and Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, how's your day going? Mine's pretty good. Tuesday. Yours, Al? Oh, mine's uh, doing pretty good. You're pretty good. Pretty good or pretty good? Uh, I did see yesterday on uh, Twitter, I got noticed that my blue check mark will be going away April 1st. Yes, mine too. Unless I want to pay for it. I don't think I'm paying for it. Mark Cuban actually tweeted out uh, this morning yeah. or last night that uh, he did pay for it and sees zero extra benefit. Well, that's when I, so when it first came out and I thought I was losing my check mark and it promised all these other things. In addition, I said, you know, I'll pay for a couple months. I'll see what it is. Right. Nothing changed. Mm. Like, I'm still getting fake robots following me. Like, uh, you know, they're they're fake women. Yeah, sure. Uh, I still get them following me. I still get fake crypto people following me. And I'm still still seeing ads. Yeah. And so, sorry, it's enough. It's enough. And and I'm I've, I've had it. I'm looking for an excuse to be on Twitter less. Yeah, I hear you. You know what I mean? And this is a good excuse. Yeah. Because then they say, oh, uh, oh uh, you'll see less ads. So it's not, you're not going to, you're going to pay and still see ads, yes. which I, I don't go for it. If I'm paying for something, I don't want ads. Do you think, and I mean this. Yeah. If I quit Twitter. Yeah. How much of a hit does my calendar take? It's a good question. Could take a hit. It's the only reason I'm staying on it. Right. It'll take now, a hit. I would quit and re-sign up. With some strange name and just follow reporters. That's what I would right. do. If, right, because so you want to be able Have to. to. Yeah, it's, it's good for news for what we do. There's no way around that. Yeah. But. Yeah, your calendar's going to take a hit. It would. Yep. And there's a there's a charity portion, as you know, a 50% charity portion to this. For the children, Jerry. So I don't want it to take a hit. I know. God damn, necessary evil. And I wish that I could be better at controlling myself i know you can't but i, I can't i can't I control myself I know. at least I'm, you admit it i'm getting a little better at it but i can't control myself yeah but not great not great and you and you know that and i know that right and that's what annoys me about it it's like i can control my food but i control what i bring into my home sure the twitter is in my home yeah no i hear you if i had regular chocolate chip cookies in my home i'd be eating them what if you dis? could you dis? could you i don't know your phone i don't yeah. think my phone could do this or i don't know the app actually it's probably a better question could you disable it for specific hours? I think so. So what if you put what if you put a filter on it to where it was disabled from one to seven every day? Yeah. Before you went to bed, you checked it because you have to. I like I get that. I do that too. And maybe what lunch you want to check it, that's fine. But you take a six hour break. Yeah. And it's an automatic break where it's disabled and you, you know, you'd have to go in and change the settings back. Yeah. It's a thought. It is a thought. I don't know. Uh, one of the things, though, that 
uh, we discussed the, the last couple of days, Jerry, or I guess it was just yesterday. We talked about, I told you I'd seen these weed trucks in New Jersey. Yes, I saw you got some answers to that. I did not see my neighbor yesterday. Selling weed. So I did get, and then I was just asking you about, like, what what are the cops able to do if people are essentially smoking weed and driving? That's right. That's really what I wanted to know. Right. I am not against weed. I am for weed. If you want to smoke weed, if you want to take weed gummies, I look at it like alcohol, right? Yeah, absolutely. If you're legal and you're old enough, go ahead. Right. But alcohol has its limits in where you can and cannot consume it. Yes. And that's what I want for weed. So, for example, in my town is a beach town, and it's happened now everywhere. Yes. Cars will go down the street. And you will smell wafting of <laughs> just weed. I know, which I, means I people know. are driving and smoking weed. Al, I've been behind cars on the highway, yes. and I can smell it. And I don't like it. I don't either. It's terrible. And I that don't means like they're high. right. You can never get away with that. You drive by and your car reeked of alcohol. That'd I mean, be a major problem. Now, this is a question that's going to be sit up there because neither one of us know the answer. I think we think we know the answer, but we don't because neither one of us smokes pot. Does it affect your ability to, or does it just calm you down? No, it impairs your driving. It does. Yes. So what I, what we were talking about yesterday is that you evidently can smoke weed in your car as long as, I guess, you're not driving the car. So someone had sent me, and it is available out here on the internet, uh, on the actual NewJersey.gov website. Okay. It's a... State of New Jersey, this was updated last year, mm-hmm. frequently asked questions about the decriminalization and legal weed. Okay. So, I'll answer some questions that I thought are interesting, Jerry, and yep. maybe we'll answer some of our questions. Question one, what should an officer do if they smell marijuana coming from a vehicle during a motor vehicle stop? Okay. So, they pull you over for speeding. It smells they like smell weed. weed. Right. I would uh, think the answer is they can search the car. It says uh, the officer should take investigative steps to determine if there is probable cause to believe that the driver is operating the vehicle while under the influence. Oh, that's right. You can't search the car because it's legal now. That's right. right. Okay. If so, the driver may be arrested and the vehicle may be searched. If the driver is not to be found under the influence, the odor of marijuana, either burned or raw, by itself does not establish reasonable suspicion to justify a stop and search. What if the what if the only person in the car is the driver? If the driver is not impaired, and I don't know how you tell this, because for alcohol, you blow into a breathalyzer. Yeah. I would think you'd need a blood test, and those are not going to happen. Mm-hmm. The vehicle and occupants must be released once the initial reason for the stop has been addressed. So they stop you for speeding. Your car reeks of weed. They cannot search your car. What the fuck? Sorry. (laughs) How about this, Jerry? May an officer initiate or continue a pedestrian stop of an individual based on the officer detecting the odor of marijuana. So I walk by a police officer in Bradley Beach, New Jersey, and I just smell of weed. The answer is no. The new laws are clear that the odor of marijuana by itself does not establish reasonable suspicion to justify a pedestrian stop. And you know what? 
You're not operating a vehicle. You just happen to smell like weed. I guess there's nothing you can do about it. Are you allowed to just smoke weed? Out in public? If I'm sitting on one of those benches overlooking the ocean. It's a good question. Maybe we'll get to it here. Oh, I thought you read the story already. (laughs) I don't remember. Oh, okay. What happens when a law enforcement officer encounters an individual under the age of 21 who is in possession of marijuana or alcohol? Officers must be cautious when they encounter an individual under the age of 21. Why? The officer can seize the marijuana or alcohol and issue a written warning. However, uh, however, the new law also sets forth the following prohibitions on officers. Okay, so here's what it is. Officers may not request consent from an individual who is under the age of 21. May not request. I thought, an eight, I thought 18 was an adult. Uh, about 21 for weed and alcohol. <laughs> I, I understand that. But I thought in terms of searching them or doing what you have to do, I thought 18 was an adult. I don't know here, Jerry. All right. Officers may not arrest, detain, or otherwise take an individual under the age of 21 into into custody, even though they have stuff they shouldn't have at that age. That Th- makes they're no letting sense. the officers do nothing. Yeah, I, it's, I can tell you right now, again, from talking to my neighbor, it is very difficult right now to be a cop. Yep. There are very There are a lot of restraints on them. How about this one, Jerry? May law enforcement officers use canine dogs to sniff for the odor of marijuana? No. You may not. By the way, you say you can't do a four-hour show? Yeah. Just get into weed. It's unbelievable. This fires you up. It you does. Could do, you could do four hours on cable subscriptions, sports streaming, and weed. There's really... Right. Those are my hardcore <laughs> topics. So basically... You can do whatever you want. Basically, unless you are Unless you're driving, driving. and puffing in the, in the officer's face. If you are driving the vehicle yeah. and are clearly under the influence, they can stop you and do something right. about it. You'll be but swerving. they then have to prove it, and there is no thing to breathe into to prove you're high. They I have guess to, you'd have to agree to a blood test. They have to bring in... Which no one would. They'd have to bring somebody in... There are cops who are specialized in in what drugs do to people. Okay. That then they can, this special officer would have to be, to observe you. How would that stand up in court? Exactly, Jerry. It wouldn't. We, we, the courts in the United States are defending of criminals and against the cops. This is where we are in the world. Cops are bad. Criminals get the benefit of the doubt a thousand times over. Pretty much, yeah. So that's there, where we're at right now. Right. Yeah. There's really no real way to prove that somebody's high. Any, so but, just do but, what you want, but weed even, people. Even without the use of a breathalyzer or um like you can you can tell when a guy's really drunk. Right. But the breathalyzer comes into play when the person's had a few beer, you know, the buzz driving. You can make every case if a breathalyzer isn't give, given. You, a cop can think you're drunk, but you don't really know. Right. Well, you could be exhausted. One beer and exhausted, and you could be loopy. That wouldn't hold up in court right. without a breathalyzer. Right. So basically, you do whatever you want. You got yeah, weed. Yeah, it sounds you like You do it. whatever the hell you want with your weed. Want to have a weed party tomorrow right here in the studio? And it just, you know, I'm trying to think because, again, this sounds like I don't want people doing weed. I just don't want it out in public the same way I don't want people drinking beers on the corner. 
or driving by me drinking beers and then run somebody over. Right. No, I hear you. That's all. You want it, you want it done responsibly in the right way. Right. I hear you. Although I guess smoking cigarettes you can do out on the street corner, and I got to smell that secondhand smoke. That is very you know true. What I mean? And that's been accepted for 100 years. And that's More been than accepted. that, actually. Right. That's probably going back to the 1800s. Where, right. I don't even know when they started. When did they start rolling tobacco? Who knows? The 1700s? That's a long time. A long time ago, Especially yeah. Think about cigars. That's and, another thing. Like, and pipes. I, I, in the beach towns, they don't. you can't smoke on the beach. Right. And you can't smoke on the side of the street that is the beach. Oh, I didn't know that. So those jackasses come to my side of the street and smoke all their stupid cigarettes. Is that true? Yeah. I might I stand out with a hose this summer. off the beach and you're on the, like the boardwalk or the sidewalk. You can't smoke on that side of the street? Correct. Wow. Now, I love the fact that they ban smoking from the beaches because while the, the smell of smoke doesn't bother me, I know my wife hates it. Yeah. And you'd be at the beach and you got people smoking. It just stinks. It I, so stink. I understand that. But that's a bit extreme to me. Yeah. The sidewalk that the beach is on? I, mean, I want on. the cops having more power, Jerry, not less. Seems I don't crazy. break the law, so I'm not afraid of the police. Oh, I hear you. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Just weed away, people. I'm gonna. I'm. I'm googling right now. When did people start smoking tobacco? So yeah. So I guess this idea that I that uh, yeah, you could just what? You know, just drive by the police smoking weed in our cars. How about this? Eating gummies. People started chewing and smoking tobacco. Yeah. Two thousand years ago, we figured that out around the time of Christ. Yes. He was a big smoker, Jerry. Wow. And they say tobacco's been growing in the Americas for 8,000 years. But we used to just smoke tobacco. Now you're just smoking chemicals. You know what I mean? Like the tobaccos are just covered in chemicals to keep you addicted. That's why they say there are, I believe there are cigarettes out there that say they're pure tobacco with no additives, uh, no nicotine, no nothing. And they're not supposed to be very addictive. Yeah. Uh, but I, I don't think they're very popular either. <laughs> I know that sounds funny, but I don't think they are. Yeah. Listen, I may I drive by this Zen Leaf place in yeah. uh, in um, it's by the Circle there in Neptune. Yep. Over there. I almost stopped by there all the time. I was like, I gotta go in there and get me a gummy. So I'm with you, weed people. Have you done that? I haven't. Oh, but I've been thinking about it. I just don't. I just don't like the idea of of people driving doing it. I, that, I got gotcha. you. Annoys me. Yeah, I hear you. It's like doing. Drugs and driving. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Then the other thing, I was a, a couple other things, Jerry. Twitter is annoying the crap out of me this morning. So I just tweeted about, hey, that documentary on Netflix about uh, Waco, Texas, the I saw, Branch Davidians. There's no way anybody could have had any problem with what you typed. They did. Your claim was that the footage is really amazing yeah. and how clear the audio is. Right. There was no opinion in that. Right. But people wrote to me essentially supporting David Koresh and the Branch Davidians. This is what, what? Oh, you mean where the government went in and killed all those innocent people? Do you mean, I just like, just all you said was the face. documentary was well done. Yeah. I mean, I know, I just hate everyone, Jerry. Watch the documentary. Yeah. All right. I, I, on Twitter, the Twitter people. 
just because a documentary is put together properly doesn't mean you're loving the content of it. Correct. Good Lord. I want to look at one other person's wow. Twitter here, Jerry. Yeah. And that's just that people, sucks. That's people trying to egg me on and fight them. Maybe. And I won't yeah. take their bait anymore, Jerry. Good for you. I just mute everybody. Uh, uh, Spike and I have talked about this in the past, how we believe that Howard Stern ruined radio because everyone thinks, and maybe, maybe myself included, okay. everyone thinks what they talk about is interesting. Okay. Right? Like Howard Stern could talk about anything and it was interesting. So there's a lot of hosts who think what they talk about is interesting. And right. we have talked about that. We that we blame Howard Stern for that. Okay. I blame also Jerry Seinfeld and the Seinfeld show for people just making witty observations. Mm-hmm. Like this is what they do. You, you do this. Of course. Yes. But Here's a, a man who's guilty of it more than anyone. Okay. Is Jimmy Trina. Okay. From SI. From SI. I said, I'm looking for the... Okay, here here's what he tweeted. And this makes me want to sign off Twitter. Huge food establishment pet peeve. When they only, when they only offer beverages in small or large, small is too small, large is too big, the medium is perfect. We need the medium. Stop shunning the medium. This is everyone's doing Seinfeld bits, myself included. That's why I got to get off it, Jerry. I'm part of the problem. I agree. I am part of the problem. But it's enough. Howard Stern, everyone thinks they're interesting. Jerry Seinfeld, now everyone thinks they've got witty observations about the mundane. It's like anything, though. The first to do it are always the most popular and the most successful at it, no matter what we're talking about. And you can make every case. The reason why Mike and Chris were so goddamn successful was they were the first ones to do it and do it well. Maybe if they started now, they wouldn't be. They'd right. be another pair in the group. Yes. Because now every city's got multiple radio sports radio stations, multiple human and animal <laughs> tag team hosts. <laughs> <laughs> right or wrong. Jerry, when I went up <laughs> when I interviewed in Buffalo and accepted the program director job at yes. WGR, which I then later called him and go, I can't move to Buffalo. <laughs> right. Their afternoon show was somebody, I think his name was Mike and the Bulldog. Right. The Bulldog. Exactly. Mike and the Bulldog. There are multiple mad dogs in this country. Right. You got you had the bull and the fox, you had two animals <laughs> in one show. <laughs> I mean it is it's a joke. It's pretty funny actually. Yeah. But that's so my point is, when you're the first to do it, you're amazing. And when you hit it big, you're amazing. Jerry Seinfeld, that show is really stupid. I mean, there's a lot of, there. Are, some of them are hilarious. There are some that are so stupid, and yet we laugh. Right. Because we had never seen a show like that before. We really hadn't. And it works. Us trying to act like that. Right. You look like a jackass. Everyone thinks they're Larry David. Right. Jerry Seinfeld. And and while Larry David might have been such a big part of this of Seinfeld, he's also slightly different and just off enough that what he does works in a different way. Right. You know, so that is interesting, though, about people trying to be interesting with uninteresting topics. Yes. Hard to do. Hard to do. Very hard to well, do. Everyone does it. And it's not hard to do because there's no you're you're never very few people are judged but, by ratings. But are you good at it? Right. But that's what I mean. No one knows. No one knows. Isn't it funny how when we were growing up, I know you listen to Stern, 
and you know I listen to Imus, but even if you take it to the to the FM side of yeah. music, and you and I don't I don't really don't know what it's like now because I don't listen all that much, other than to ninety two three HD two. Yes, I do listen to that still. Think about all the the sweepers you had and all the the imaging, and you would have that quick you know fifteen second weather, and you had to hit the mark and the benchmarks of the hour, and there was so much production that went into one hour of radio and you had the clock that you had to, to had to abide by and then you know the news at the top of the hour and it it seemed like it seemed like there was a format to it there was like a beginning a middle and an end to every hour most stations i listen to and hours included just sounds like continuous dribble <laughs> like it's just, yeah we just talk and talk and talk and like there's no elements there's no nothing. I know it's just random. Like they'll find a news story of the day and just talk about it as a talk up to their next song. That's like the local Jersey Shore stations yeah, do that yes. all the time. Hundred percent. The the one station that still does do a lot of production is one hundred one point five down the Jersey Shore. They still do during the day. They still do news at the top of the hour. They still hit you with the traffic every the chime time. Fifteen minutes. Yeah. New Jersey chime time. Chime time. That's ding. exactly right. Um. And it just, it sounds, it actually sounds like still old school radio to me. And and local radio, it works for, I, I you know, whatever, I kind of like it. It works for you. It does. It does. Do you know what it is? I guess that's what it is. You know what is. you're getting. Yeah, I suppose so. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I think radio is starting to sound more and more like podcasts every day. And to me, I know for, I'm in the minority in this one. I don't think that's a good thing for me. Who cares what I think? <laughs> really, I mean, I'm lucky to get paid every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's, it's a weird, a weird. It's such a weird time. There's a lot that With you all can. This stuff. There's a lot that you can listen to. Everyone's being like everyone. You can trace everybody's personality to their influences, and it's very easy to see nowadays. Okay. I don't know that it was always that easy to see. Who would you trace me back to? Now I'll give you the people yeah, I, I worked with I, a lot. Yeah, I, I don't really have one for you. I, that's a good thing. Yeah. That makes me think that I'm my own person. I worked with Beningo a long time. I worked with Mike and Chris for a short time. I worked with Steve Summers for a short time. Um, Who else would I have worked with around Craig. here? Craig. Worked with Boomer Ten and Craig years. for sure. Yeah, of course. I'm trying to think of not around you. I'm trying to think prior to that. And you know what? In the evening, I worked with different people all the time. I worked with Russ and Steve for a while, so all right, that's good. So you can't trace me back. I can't to trace you back. That's like a lot of people around here, especially a couple years ago, you could trace back to a uh, we call them Mike babies or a or a Chris sure. baby, like McMonagle's a Mike baby. Yeah, Moose Mike baby. Yes, but a lot of Chris influence. Okay, in his mannerisms on the air. Oh, okay, I see a what you're lot saying. of Chris. So maybe he's got a he's got more of a cross. He he's one where. Mike and Chris had sex with the same woman, and Moose came out. <laughs> <laughs> that was a weird way to put it. Sure but I was. think you know what I'm saying. I know what you mean, yeah. Where they had sex together and produced a moose. Yes. <laughs> they had they put their sperm together with a woman's egg. And, <laughs> and here's Moose. Here's Moose. <laughs> yeah. What about Isla Macy? What's well, Sal? Sal. Hmm. It's a good question. Because I will tell you, Sal, to me, 50% Russo, 50% Sal. 
There's part of Sal that is unique. Mm-hmm. For sure. Very, very unique. There's other, again, Russo mannerisms that I see. I mean, it's hard not to if you grew up working with or listening to yeah. somebody and then you get into the same field. Very That's hard true. not to. That is very true. Do these sort of things. You have to be influenced because otherwise, where's it coming from? Right. That is true. And what's funny, for a long time, you wouldn't, uh, well, for a lot of like, I feel like there was a while where people didn't want to admit their influence. Like, no one used to say that they were influenced by Howard Stern. Everyone wanted to be against Howard Stern, even the people that were doing Howard Stern. Mm. And really, Opie and Anthony were, and Howard always used to rail against that, that no one would give him credit. And I remember Opie and Anthony giving him credit while also attacking him. <laughs> and he didn't he didn't seem to appreciate that. Well, is that like G, though, with Mike? G will give Mike all the credit in the world and all the proper respect yeah. for his career. At the same time, mock the living hell out of him. <laughs> yeah. Kind of similar. Yeah, in a that way. is similar. That is you similar. Know? Yeah. I don't know where I'm going with all this other than... We don't know where we're going with it. Yeah, other than like it just seems like so many people are derivative of Howard Stern and Jerry Seinfeld. Those two, more than anything. Sure. And there was a time, less so now, but like David Letterman, but that was a very much a TV thing. Right. Where TV then did that for a long time, which was, you know, when Letterman was, was doing it, Everything on TV was buttoned up and tight. and Very and, tight. And yep. Letterman was the opposite of that. And then everyone else got casual like that, too. Like, oh, I don't prepare. Look at the idea that it looked like Letterman didn't prepare, but it was very entertaining, mm-hmm. meaning he did prepare. Of course he did. People just started just not preparing and acting like, oh, I'm going to wing it like David Letterman. I'm going to wing it like Howard Stern. Yeah. Well, maybe they're not winging it. Maybe they're good at doing it prepared feeling like they're winging. I will tell you, the, listening to Stern like it did for those three years with Sirius, yeah. they put a lot of time in after the show. Sure. For the next day show. A lot of time. And that always comes up to what I always say about Imus. Couldn't believe that he'd still be there some days at 2.30 in the production studio with Larry Kenny. Right. Like, damn. Like, that's a long day. And then I'm like, actually, it's not. He's really only here about nine hours. So he's probably working. On most days, he was leaving by 12, 1 o'clock. Eight-hour workday. What time would he get into the building? He, five o'clock. And he went on at what time? Uh, six o'clock. Oh, okay. It was best of I miss at 5.30, but 5.30 was the news, and then you'd the news was five minutes, five-minute commercials, sports at 5.40, traffic, and then a best of I miss segment until a couple of minutes before the hour, and then national news, local news, and then the national news. And when he came in at 5, did he get together with his staff or was he solo in his office just doing reading? He was in his office. Bernie would go back there and they would have a conversation before every show. But Bernie was also there late the day prior with him. Wouldn't it have been cool like if Imus had a deal with like having a social media team at the radio station going back there? What you doing, Imus? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. You get murdered. Imus, we need to get some video clips for Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Get out of here. That would be great. Punk. <laughs> All right, Jerry, let's uh I've got some witty observations I gotta make on Twitter. <laughs> I, I gotta get going here. Uh we'll do the warm up show. We'll be back here tomorrow at five o'clock. We come on, Jerry. I believe five, five o'clock. o'clock. All right, we'll see you then. So <laughs>